The first thing I want to mention about deep tissue work, this is, a, this is an effort to give you some insights into how I think about deep tissue work. But remember now, my thoughts on deep tissue work are based on 32 years of tr treating customers and having customers come in. It's based on working with really high-level therapists for many years. It's based on 10,000 customers a month, and it's based on 100 emails a day, okay, of feedback from our customers. So there's a lot. So my viewpoints are not just me. It's the collective. We think, think of this, I think of this stuff as a best practice, that this is a best practice. If you, if you want to meet your client's needs at the level that, that our customers, have, this is the kind of stuff that you want to be thinking about. The thing to remember about this discussion today is that this is about people that want deep tissue work. This isn't about swish or therapeutic. We think about think about we think about three different kinds of body work: Swedish or relaxing massage, deep tissue, and therapeutic. Okay, those are the, kind of the three big categories of massage. Mm -hmm. Now, therapeutic then is is becomes when someone has a problem, they want you to fix the problem. That's a whole different ballgame. Deep tissue is a whole different ballgame than relaxing. So I'm talking about people that want deep tissue work. Okay, that's really important that you that you get that for this discussion. And so I'm I'm like the advocate. So think of me as the advocate for your deep tissue customers. Okay, because I've been listening to them for 32 years. I think I have a really good sense about what they're looking for, and so I'm sharing that with you. Okay. With deep tissue work, make every stroke count. Every stroke counts. Now having said that, it's okay to do what we call transition strokes. So you start you, so you start in and you and you you know get this you know you get the uh, you get the lotion on and then you start in with your deep tissue. The idea is that what often happens, and what I'm doing is I'm sharing with you what I get in a lot of my interview sessions, or with people that are not trained in deep tissue. I'm kind of I'm going to tell you what not to do, along with what to do. A lot of times they'll come in and they'll start with some strokes, kind of light, and then when they start to get a deep stroke, then all of a sudden then there is then there's one deep stroke, and then there's not a deep stroke for quite a while because they're they're onto some some other, some, some minor, some minor stroke, or, or transition strokes. And then they're back, maybe a little bit later, there's, there's a deep tissue stroke. And then we've got every stroke, you want it to count. So that's the first thing. Every stroke matters. It's important that we talk about the pace or the speed of the strokes. You can come in and you, your pace can be really slow. So you can have, so I talk about several things here, about complaints. We talk about the, the pressure, we talk about location. So the two biggest complaints we get are about pressure. 80% of all our complaints are about pressure. 20% are about location. Actually we say it's, it's 19% and then 1% is miscellaneous. But these two categories, make up almost all of the complaints that we get about the session. So if you get the pressure right and the location right, you're like way on your way to getting the session right. You can get pressure right and you can get location right. 
But if the pace is not right, and what's interesting about what's interesting about pace is that nobody ever complains about pace because it's not really thought of. Customers don't think about it. But it's 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 more important than either one of these things. Okay, remember these are what I get complaints on. I'm giving you numbers based on what what I people tell us when they come out of the session. The pressure wasn't right, the location wasn't right, and there was something they touched my face or they they did something they talked too much. So that these are the miscellaneous things. Nobody ever says their pace wasn't right, but pace outshines each of these in terms. Does that make sense? Okay, so you can get this right and get this right, and the customer still will not be happy because it's hard to determine pace, though. You're exactly right. Very hard to determine. What, what, what do you everybody's do? Everybody's pace is different. You're like, oh, I like mine fast, or I like mine slower, or exactly. So what I'm going to do. That's our job, is to tell you what people are looking for. That's our yeah. job. You're looking for a flowing pace. Okay, you're looking for a flowing pace, and when you get in, and all you can do is get somebody, is get somebody on the table that knows what, that knows what, that speaks for the customer, right? Yeah. Because they've had that experience and go, no, that's too fast, that's too slow, and that's just right. And again, even when we do that, it's not gonna cover everybody, right? Because there, there's gonna be outliers on each side. But what we've done with you up to this point is we've got you a sense for the pace that we're looking for. But I'm just throwing this out that pace is one of your considerations. Now we've covered two things, right? We've covered yeah, making every stroke count and then, and then this idea of, of the pace is really important. We don't want this really slow and we don't want really fast either. There's this inverse relationship between pressure and speed, between depth and speed. Mm -hmm. If you're gonna go fast, so if speed is up, what has to happen with depth? You're Torque. not gonna go as deep. It has to go down. It'll be lighter. Yeah. When depth goes up, what do you do with speed? Decreases. You have to decrease it. That's the inverse relationship. You get one, you have to back off on the other. So that's what we do in our, in our demo classes is, is show you here's the speed you're looking for but just keep in mind the speed the speed of the strokes is a very important component of this deep tissue session and we're trying to we're trying to give you examples of what of what we think and what we found to be the the, the, the one that covers the 80% and then you have to figure out the the outliers okay mm -hmm. again any questions on this should we ask like how the pace is for them <clears throat> kind of similar to what you asked for for deep tissue, like say, hey, is the pace good? Do you want me to go slower? And then see if they say no or... Well, it wouldn't be a bad question. Here's the problem with that. Mm -hmm. It's that most people don't know. Right. Most people don't know what they want. Unless you're like a really avid person that receives it, Yeah, if they get a lot of the, If it's a first-time person... So there's two groups of people we talk about. We talk about um, first-timers. So first which is a first timer is somebody that you've seen for the first time. It's not somebody that's getting a massage for the first time. Somebody that you're seeing for the first time. Mm -hmm. So if somebody, if you, and one of the things that if you listen to the communication stuff, a lot of, uh, one of the things that I could, uh, ask you to consider doing early on with somebody is ask them how often do you get massaged mm -hmm. so that you know. Because remember, why would you ask that? What's the re main reason for asking how often do you get massaged? They're going to know what they want more than exactly. something that hasn't gotten exactly. massaged regularly. Mm -hmm. You want to know how clear of an idea in their mind, how clear is their vision of what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. See, if they have a really clear vision, then you need to figure it out. 
if they don't have a clear vision, then you can pretty much you know, do what you think would be best for them. So the people who've never been for a massage before or had one once 10 years ago or once, you know, twice, five years ago or they come in once every five years, they're not going to have a real clear cut idea about what they hope that massage is like. But the person that comes in every week for massage, yeah. they've got a very clear-cut idea about what they hope that session is like, and you need to really figure that out. Okay, mm-hmm. for people that that do come in a lot, they might have an opinion about speed, and you could you could you'd have to ask it in a simple way and just be ready for them to not know. Is all I would say. You know, say I could go faster or slower. Do you, do you typically? But remember, whenever you ask something like that, it's the same thing related to pressure. Mm-hmm. You need to give them kind of. You need to wait long enough into the session to where they kind of know what you've established as, as the pressure. For example, if somebody says, if, if you say to somebody, would you like me to go deeper? Well, let's just say you, you start, you, you uh, person's face down, you walk in, pull the drape back, and you, and, you, and you start like this. You've now done three sets. Do you want deeper? Well, they don't really have a sense of where you are. It's hard for them to judge, but if it's five to seven minutes into it, then you ask that, and you have, you've established kind of a consistent pressure for that few minutes, then they can say yes or no. So same thing with speed. You'd want to wait a few minutes and establish kind of a, 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 a rhythm, and then say, I, "I can go, I can, I can speed up the pace, or I can slow it down a little bit." Do you have a preference? Something like that. Okay. The importance of flow. So what I'm doing, I'm giving you all the ways that therapists mess these things up. They don't. They're not. They don't make every stroke count. They don't. They don't have the pace right, and they don't have flow. So these are just some these are these are some things that I'm that I'm trying to give you a, a heads up on stuff that stuff that you can work on. And again, all this stuff we're gonna our our job is to show you this in our classes, in our mentoring, in our whatever. We're gonna demo all this stuff and give you feedback on it so you know what we're talking about. But right now, this is the head the head part of it. This is the the theory part of it. Okay. So flow. Here's what I think. uh, makes up flow among other things but one of the things that allows you to have flow is paying attention to what you're doing in the the session therapists have a tendency to go into a set to start a session and then they go to their happy place they drift off they're on a beach in Hawaii and they're they're just blissing out with the music and it's like they go on autopilot another way to say it exactly so my recommendation to you is don't do that. Stay, stay. we call it present time consciousness. Be present time. Don't drift off in your sessions. Focus on what you're doing. I'm saying it in a whole bunch of different ways, right? Focus, focus on what you're doing. And when you when you're focus on what you're doing, know where you're going to be three strokes from now. I know that when I finish up this back, I'm gonna be coming down the arm, you don't finish up one of these sections that I, that I had on the section, like you were going to go from the low back to the upper back, and then you stop and you kind of, hmm, okay, I think I'll go to the shoulder now, and then you start there. No, it all flows from one section to the next. When you finish up that hand, you know that I'm going up to the shoulder and neck right there, and it all becomes one. It all becomes like just like one flowing, flowing movement. Now, that's the ideal it's, it's, it's almost impossible to actually do that, but that's what you're shooting for. What you'll find, people that really have flow, when they put the lotion on you, it's part of the stroke. They don't stop and lotion you up and then start the massage again. The lotion cream 
is just part of the session. It's part of it's part of that flow. It's part of that, and that really enhances the session. It's the mark of an inexperienced therapist that they're starting and stopping and starting and stopping and starting and stopping. That there's no that the flow doesn't fly. I'm saying flow is not starting and stopping. There's no breakup. You you can focus. You can put em, extra emphasis on an area, and then when you're done with that, you can move with flow into the next area. That that doesn't have to. Those, those don't have to be contradictory. I can see what you're saying, but you can stay extra time and still have flow as you move into another area. Sometimes always taught to keep contact. That's part of the. That's flow. part of the flow. It's, 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 yeah. So you can move to the yeah. shoulder, work it up yeah. pretty well, and then kind of. Go I'll tell you something, guys. <laughs> I was in the business 10, uh, 20, about 25 years in the business before I really knew what flow was. And it was a therapist right here that, that showed me what flow was all about. Never, never, really, never really understood it until then. And so flow is the kind of thing that you have to experience to understand it. I can talk about it. but. Um, and, and there's very few people, but, but I'm, I'm doing my best to describe it to you. I think it's something we want to be aware of. But someday you'll be blessed with the opportunity to actually experience somebody that really has that down. And it's a thing of beauty. It really is. Okay? A lot of this stuff is hard to describe. Okay? Um, it's hard, but you have to... That's why I keep, I keep going back to... We're going we're gonna to demo this for you. on We're, we're going to show you what we mean by We're going to show you what we mean by making every stroke count by... By, uh, by the, getting the, you know, the, the consistent pressure. The next topic here is even pressure throughout the strokes. Okay, even pressure. Sometime, and, and what happens here is that with one stroke, it's at this pressure. With the next stroke, it's another pressure. Now, this is a place where there's co- potential for contradiction as well. Because not all parts of the body want or need or can withstand the same actual force of pressure, right? Yeah. That's not what I'm talking about. And, I, and I've tried to explain this in different ways. Here's the way I've described it in the past. It's a proportional thing. It's proportional. You know how you're almost always going to go a little bit lighter on the calves than you would be in the upper back and shoulder, right? Yeah. You're almost always going to be a little lighter here on the, on the iliotibial band than you would be, say, here, okay? Well, that, that, it's proportional. So the amount of pressure that I'm using here, it's gonna, it's, that's going to determine how much pressure I'm using here, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. It's all, it's, it's kind of, one way of thinking about it was that, let's say if I'm, a, I'm at a six on pressure. Well, a six in the back, upper back, is a different six than the six here. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's that sense. proportional. Yeah. It's proportional. Mm-hmm. So that's that's yeah, that's what I mean by um, even pressure throughout. And again, it may be that this is better demonstrated on the negative side. Okay, meaning I'm ask I'm trying to explain to you on the what to do. So much of this stuff has come to me on the other side. Meaning I got a really good example of what not to do. Meaning every stroke didn't count. The pace was way off. It was way off. It's so it's so obvious when the pace is just not right. There isn't even pressure throughout when it's when you're really they're nice deep strokes here and they get up to the here and they're 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 doing this. They're playing with me. Most of this stuff actually came and, and I'm emphasizing it because of the negative side of it, not the positive side of it.
Okay, so in a deep tissue session, my recommendation is that you not engage the client, okay? Here's what I mean by engage. You ask them to do something, okay? Again, I understand that I'm sharing with you stuff that you, you may disagree with. We can, have dis we can have varying opinions. See, here's the deal. Ultimately, it's not about what I want. That's the cool thing about this. Nobody here was hired because they do Reiki or energy work. You're all hired for your deep tissue skills. But guess what? If you decide to transition tomorrow to Reiki, and you're just walking to your clients, and you have, you're channeling energy, and your clients love you, and your book's solid, guess what? You have my blessings. I will never, ever say one word to you about your Reiki. You understand? As long as the customers are happy, I'm happy, okay? It's when I get complaints and I'm comping sessions and they're complaining and they're writing bad reviews on us, that's when I get involved. And, and, and so I'm just telling you in the past what's caused people to write you know, complaints and I'm trying to... So my, my, my recommendation is that you not engage the client. I understand that this is, you can disagree with it. Yeah. What I mean by engaging the client is asking them to do stuff. I'll give you the, the, biggest, the biggest ones are breathing. I'm a big breathing, I'm a big fan of breathing. I've taken week-long classes in breathing and breath. I love it, it's very important. I've spent, I've spent a half an hour many, 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 many times with clients teaching them how to breathe. At a deep tissue session, I don't recommend that you engage the client. And here's what I mean by engaging the client in breath. What I mean by is you have your hands on the say or whatever, you say, now take a deep breath, okay, out. Now, take another one or whatever. Sometimes people do that. The clients, they don't want that. They don't want that. Now here's what's okay. If you, uh, if you really feel like you've got, they're not breathing, you need to remind them. You can say something to them, don't forget to breathe. Make sure you keep breathing. That's okay. Mm -hmm. But don't stop and wait for them to do the breath. Don't, you know, you know what I'm saying? That's engaging them. Another way of engaging them is asking them to perform certain movements during the massage. I'm big on that. We, I have a whole class on that. I have multiple classes on that. We call it, you know, it's called pin and stretch or active release. There's different terms for it. I'm very pro that. Those of you who've been in the classes know that. But that's in this section. That's not in the deep tissue section. If, if, you, if you're in the therapeutic mode, then you may indeed need to engage the client. But I don't recommend it for a purely deep tissue session. I'm not going to get into how you determine which of these which of these you're doing with the client in this segment. I spend I have five CDs on that. Okay, I have five hours of stuff on that topic. So I'm not going to I'm not going to belabor that here. I refer you to that material to understand how you decide what you're doing with the client on any given time. But when you're when you've determined it's a deep tissue session. My recommendation is that you not engage the client, even to the tune of asking them to deep, take a deep breath so you can get started. Even the very first time. I don't, I, don't, I don't recommend it. I'm talking best practices here. I'm talking about what I have seen. Very high-level therapists have weeks waiting list practice to get in. They don't do that. They just don't do that. Be careful about the sound of your own breath. I have actually... Um, many times, but at least maybe a dozen times in my 32 years, I have not hired a therapist who was very qualified 
very awesome because they persisted and all you heard during the session was Your clients don't want to hear that, okay? They don't want to hear that. You can I can I can breathe. There was a very nice deep breath. I didn't make any noise, okay? I can breathe without making noise. So don't uh, my recommendation to you is don't let your don't be a disruption to your client. Don't make the only thing they hear throughout the whole session be your breathing. Again, I, I'm getting into a lot of potentially controversial topics here. That's fine. That's what this is all about. The length of time for warm-up. This is a big controversial issue. There are therapists that have no problem going deep. In, in the communication material, I make a point by saying, look guys, I hate to break the news to you, but what you want to do is not give the massage to your customer that you wished you could get. I have a newsflash. Not everybody wants what you like. Yeah. Not every, that's not everybody's ultimate, what you enjoy. Everybody wants something a little bit different. So don't give them your massage that you wished you could get. Give them the massage that they want, and you have to ask questions to know what that is. What kind of pressure you're looking for? How much time in this area? How do you want me to allocate my time? All those things are different with different people. Don't just assume everybody wants what you want, okay? Some of you may say, I really like it when people warm me up for about 15 minutes before they start the deep tissue work. Some people, that's, that's their, that 80% of the time, if you, if you if the, let's say you're somebody who likes 15 minutes of warm up before you start to get into the deep stuff. I'm saying to you, 80% of the time, your customers are not gonna be happy with that. You're one of the 20% if you like that. My recommendation is that you consider getting into the session deep. And I'm telling you, most people that want deep tissue work, they want that first stroke to be pretty deep. Mm -hmm. They want you to get into it right from the beginning. Yeah. Now, a refinement of this, just like a refinement on the pace, I generally teach that you shoot for the 80%. Okay, that's generally how I teach. Now, if you want to try and refine it so that you, you're appealing to both groups, then there are some refinements that you can do, but these refinements take practice. Like asking about pace, it's gonna, I'm, I'm saying, for 80% of the folks, this is the pace you want, do this. But if you want to do it, then you can, it's, it's fraught with problems trying to figure this out. Okay, it's, it's an art form. You can do it. You can, you know, you can say things like, uh, okay, as, you, as you're starting to warm up things, remember, for the first five minutes of a session, you can talk to your customer while you're working on them, and they're not going to be, they're not going to, they're not going to complain. Uh, it's good to say, let, you know what, I'm going to, as we go in here, George, let me just clarify a few things. Uh, and then I'll shut up and let you go to sleep for the rest of the session. So you tell them up front that you're not going to be talking throughout the whole session. Because sometimes you start talking, ask them a question. Well, they'll, sometimes, some of them will say, I don't want to talk during the session. If you just tell them, I'm not going to be talking during the whole time. I'm just going to ask you a couple questions just to make sure I get this right. Remember, this is a first-time people. You could say something like, um, tell me... Uh, are you somebody that likes to get right into the deep work? Because they, they've just told you they want a deep, deep work. That's why we're, that's, that's the discussion we're in. Are you somebody that likes to get right into the deep work? Or you'd like me to kind of warm things up first? Play with that. Ask people that. And you find out. You come back and tell me what everybody's wanting. I think I, I think I know. But for most folks, 
they're going to be a whole lot happier if you get right with the program. I've had clients, a lot of clients, like from my experience, still, yeah. they'll even tell me, like, when I'm trying to, before, years ago, I would try warming up, and I go, oh, okay, um, are, you do, are you doing deep tissue? Can you do, do it harder? Yeah. You know, and I, I'm only like 30 seconds into the massage warming yeah. up, so a lot of them that okay. want deep tissue usually okay. do. Here, I got one for you. Are you ready? This is really more communication stuff, and that's okay. I've got a lady up in Austin who said, well, what I, what I do is when I start, people tell me they want deep pressure. What I do is I start out by telling them, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start out about medium pressure because my deep is usually a little, my deep is pretty deep. So I'm going to start out medium and then I'm going to start work. I'll gradually ramp it up to deep over a period of time. That's what she tells people that says, I want deep work. So I want you to, so let me, let me tell her reasoning first. Her reasoning is because she gets tired of people when she's starting out saying, oh no, you can go deeper, go deeper. She said, in her mind, she said, I'm just starting out. Let me, let me, let me get there. She literally, the first, we're talking in a minute into it. People are saying, oh no, you can go deeper, you can go deeper. Mm -hmm. she, yeah. it, it bugs her. You know, everybody, everybody's bugged by different things, right? Of course, everyone has their peace. So she, the way she did, dealt with that was to say to the people, I'm going I'm to start out medium, work my way up. That's her rationale. Makes sense if you think about it. Right. But here's what I, here's, I'm the advocate for the client, right? So let me repeat back to you as the client what I just heard. I just told you I want a deep. And what did you tell me back? You're I'm going to give you medium. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the client going, okay, great. This is going to be a long session. Go ahead. What I say to the client when they want a deep tissue is that I'm going to uh, warm them up a little bit and then I'm going to get deeper. Perfect. I like that a whole lot better than you just asked for Precise. deep. I'm going to give you medium and we'll see, where, we'll see where we go from there. I understand her rationale. That's just stuff we have to deal with, okay? That's just, that's just the life of being a massage therapist. Remember, these are new customers. After you have a new customer, this girl does. This gal does go deep. Very deep. People are going to be happy with her if they want deep work, but they don't know it the first minute. Okay, and and and. But my point is, we don't want to stop. We don't want to. It's the old story. You don't, you only get one chance to make a first impression. By definition, a first impression can only happen once, right? Yeah. Okay. So this length of time to warm up is an issue. How how much time do you give it? My my first point with this is it doesn't matter how you prefer it. That's beside the point. Most customers are going to like you to get into it faster than slower. And if you worry about it, you're wondering about it, you can ask people if you want to. Again, I don't recommend, my, I want to be clear on this. I don't recommend that you ask people. I recommend that you do what, what I see goes for 80% of the people. Because it is, it is a finesse to ask people about pace, to ask people about how you want it. It's, 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 it's a worthy goal to work towards. I encourage you to consider it and, and to try to figure out how to get that 20% right, but it's, it's, that's, that's, that's kind of almost a different class, okay? That's not, that's not yeah. what we're talking about. Okay, so my, my, my recommendation is that you basically get right into it with people because what you're really doing, what I, I, don't want, I want to be clear about my recommendation. My recommendation is that you, they've told you they want a specific pressure, they've told you they want a deep. Don't forget, that's where we started, that's the starting place. My recommendation is that you get to what they've asked for sooner than later. I have therapists. Remember, I'm, I'm giving you this information based on two basic uh, domains of information. One is all of the, of the interview massages that I do with people. The other is our customer base. For the interview sessions that I do, and I've been doing them for a long time, 
It's not unusual for somebody to literally do 20 minutes of warm-up before they actually start getting into it. It's not unusual. I'm telling you, your standard deep tissue people don't want that. They want it from the get-go. So that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. So, but again, I, I acknowledge from the very beginning that this is controversial. There's, there's room for varying opinions on this. Okay, how to deal with face massage, scalp massage, any areas to avoid. That is something that, again, that you could ask maybe, um, it's something that you should ask about. You shouldn't just automatically do scalp and face massage. Mm -hmm. I think it's nice to ask about it somewhere along the beginning because then you know how to pace yourself in terms of time, allocate, allocation of time. A lot of people wait till they get to that section and then they ask about it. They'll say, okay, they're kind of getting ready to do the neck and head and they'll say, now tell me about scalp or face massage. Do you, you like that or not like it? There's nothing wrong with that. I, I think it, I, I, it just seems to me like you'd want to know in advance whether you're gonna be doing it so you could allocate your time appropriately. So play with that. You should, you should figure out some way to do it. I will throw, this is all on the CDs, but let me just, let me just cue off that. I make a big deal about how you ask the question, okay, in the, in the CDs. Remember, you, you are looked upon as a authority figure. And the reason, guess why I'm, I'm pointing this out, it's because over the years, I've had many, many, many people come up and complain about a face massage, for example, or stretching, or any number of things. And the, the, and we always tell you, when you get a complaint, we'll always tell you. Mm -hmm. And the therapist will say, really? I asked them if it was okay if I did stretch it. I asked them if it was okay if I did face. I asked them okay. And then the client comes up and complains. So I have come to the conclusion that it's important that the way you ask about this is important. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't want to, if we could rewind the tape, mm -hmm. you would hear that she said something along the order of, I always ask, is it okay if I do this? I, I might, I'm asking you not to do it that way. Okay, she, she may not ask that way. She may do it some other yeah. way. But she just said it for the purpose of... But I want right. to just jump on it real quick. In the CDs, I describe it as giving them an out. Okay? So whenever you ask them about something, remember, they're going to feel obligated to go along with you if you don't ask in the, quote, right way. And the right way, in quotes is to give them what I call an out. So it would go something like this. Now I normally do face as part of my session. Would you like it? Or would you like me to just skip it and just stick with neck massage? That's the out. You get, make it okay for them to not go along with your recommendation. Uh, this really is a big deal in stretching. Uh, I usually do stretching as part of this. Would you like stretching? Oh yeah, they feel obligated to go along with you. Again, I'm just, all I can do is report on what people do when they go up to the front, and, they, and they, it's, it's odd that they would tell you it's okay and then go up and complain about it. So give them an out on these things that you know are potentially controversial. Say, uh, I often will do stretching for low back in this case, in this kind of situation. Would you like a, f a few minutes of stretching, or should we just stick with massage? So that's their out. No, let's just stick with massage, okay? All right, cool. comments, questions? All right. Um, <clears throat> Okay, while we're on this topic, let's just address the glutes. I would say easily half to 60% of people, even working here at Oak Haven, do not work directly on the glutes skin. They, everybody has their own reasons for not doing that, but I think the big, one of the big reasons is that they think that the client doesn't want it. Okay? Or the client will be offended, or the client will be this, or the client will be that. They're concerned about the client maybe complaining. I've got a, I've got a very interesting little tidbit of information. 
I've got complaints about everything under the sun, from from therapist body odor to smelling like smoke to a thousand different complaints. I've got categories of complaints. Didn't like the perfume they wore. Do you realize that in 32 years, I have not had one complaint, not one, because somebody worked on their glutes on the skin. I've never had a complaint, ever. But yet, all the therapists are all worried about the fact that they can't work on their glutes because people are gonna, you know. Here's the thing, you'll hear me say stuff like this, and hear me say it in a way that's kind of, you know, making fun of people that don't, the fact of the matter is that you should never do anything that you're not comfortable with. I, I do the same, I have the same kind of discussion with people related to prenatal massage, pregnancy massage. I jokingly say, when someone says they don't want to do prenatal, I, I'll say, occasionally I'll get playful with them and I'll say, you do know that pregnancy is not a disease, right? <laughs> okay. I think that it's silly that people don't want to work on, on, on pregnant ladies. There may be practical reasons, whatever it is. But there are literally are people that want to do it because they, they're afraid they're going to trigger uh, the people to go into labor. That is so ridiculous. Yeah. There's never in the history of humanity been a documented case of somebody triggering somebody into labor because they worked on some spot that's going to trigger. Women said if that could happen, people would be lined up. They'd never get to leave their clinic. The pregnant ladies would be lined up around the block five times. Okay? That was an argument with last job. One, the point that I would make about this is that if you really wonder about what I just said, then I would say consider the last time you renewed your malpractice insurance. Did they ask you if you work on pregnant ladies? Guess what they did ask you? Do you do hot stone massage? Mm -hmm. Okay, they know where the liabilities are, believe me. Yeah. They run the numbers. They have people that all they do is crunch numbers. If there was a problem with you sending people into, into, into labor, they would know, they're the ones that would know about it because they're the ones that are beginning the complaints or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, they'd be asking you, are you, do you do that? Because we want to know where our liabilities are. It's not, it's not a liability, it's not a problem. It's something everybody has to decide on their own, how they'll handle the glutes. I've never met a high-level therapist ever that didn't work directly on the glutes. The same. There's not a there's not a client to even tell me I work on their glutes and like no one's worked on the glutes before. I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah. No, not the way you do. Yeah. And I've been here for like a couple of years. One of the ways that I've seen that works pretty well for determining because we all we all want to do there are customers that don't want you to work on the glutes on yeah. the skin. Uh, here's one way that I've seen it handled fairly well, and that is go ahead and undress to your comfort level. By the way, never say that. I go over this in CDs. I mean, you can say that, but you have to explain yourself. Don't just say it. Undress to your comfort level. I'll be right back. That's not. You can say, I want you to undress to your comfort level, which means you can either leave your underwear on or leave it off. Most people take it off. No matter what you, no matter what you decide, you'll be fully covered at all times. Okay? If you want me to work on your glutes, you can, you'll need to take the underwear off. And then you go under this sheet, and I'll be back in just a few minutes. Okay, so that's one way to handle. Let's tell them that's my signal. Whether you want me to work on glutes, whether you do or do not leave. The, if they leave their underwear on, I would suggest that you just do compressions through the sheets, through the underwear. That that's fine, um, but give them the option. Okay, questions on that? This is the, the topic right now. Is what I term incidental contact. All right. So if he's lying face down and I'm working on his back and I'm coming up with a stroke like this, and I'm doing, and I'm hitting his ear, that's incidental contact. Mm -hmm. It's not professional, it's not the way we should be working. All of my contact with the client 
is very intentional and I know exactly when I'm touching them and when I'm not touching them. I never touch any part of their body that I do not intend to work on or make part of the massage. It goes with my strokes. I can't even begin to count. This is almost always on interview, thank goodness. On interview <laughs> sessions, I'm face up and I'm getting some leg work done and they come across and they, their hand hits my private areas. Dozens and dozens and dozens of times that's happened. Okay? And often, if they do it, often two or three times on a, in, in the same session, that'll happen. You should know where your hands are and where you're touching that person at all times. So it manifests itself in the strokes, but it also manifests itself um, when you're leaning up against the table. It's especially, it could, be, it could be a factor for women, but it's more, I think it's more Males. important that men yeah. are aware of where this part of their body, their private areas, are touching the table and other, because often you've got an arm here, right? You've yeah. you got an arm, hand, or you have a hip or a leg. That's part of your own awareness, is to be aware of what you're contacting with that client. It's, there's no excuse, it's, that's your job. You're, see, here's the thing, your job is to touch people for a living. You touch people for a living, and you actually get paid pretty good to do it, okay? You touch people for a living, so you've got to do it correctly. You've got to do it correctly, you've got to, you've got to, and you've got to do it with awareness. No incidental touching when you're doing your sessions, okay? Head rotation. Can I borrow you for just a sec? Face that over here. All right. We cover this in the classes, but I'll mention it here. I say with head rotation, no more than 45 degrees. If I'm gonna work on this side, I'm not doing this and working like this. No more than 45 degrees, that's maximum head rotation that you ever want to have. Head rotation, I didn't say, or neck rotation. I didn't say lateral flexion. Go for it. Lateral flexion, no problem. Lateral flexion this way, no problem. But head rotation, no more than 45 degrees. And this is because a lot of people can't take more than that, and there's no need to do more. Okay? Comments, questions? Again, I'm, I'm covering just a thousand different topics here. Some yeah. of them, they're all over the place. Sweating. If you're a sweater, or if some, for some reason the, the, the AC gets tweaked and somebody turns it off when it should be on, or you start sweating, you got to handle that. It's not as big of an issue for women as it is for guys. They tend to sweat more. I've, I've never, I have had women, but that, that, that was the issue, but mostly it's almost always guys. You gotta handle it. What I mean by that is you simply grab a, a hand towel and you wipe yourself off every five, 10 minutes or whatever it takes. Sweatband on, you know, in session. You do whatever it takes to handle the sweat. Here's what you don't do. This is why I'm talking about it. Sweat is dripping onto your client. Does it surprise you that I have to tell people don't drip sweat on your client? Does that surprise you? Yeah, it does. <laughs> happens. It doesn't happen. I won't say it happens. I mean, it seems but like it happens to me. On th therapists doing sessions on me for interview sessions, it happens uh, several times a year. I get people dripping sweat on me. And it's just handle it, okay? Come on, handle it. Handle it. Okay, here's an issue. Full body versus not full body. Somebody tells you they want full body, and then you're going, your job, again, your job, you're gonna give somebody, you're gonna cover a full body in 50 minutes, okay? 
you're going to give consistent pressure. You're going you know, to have some flow to it. You know, it's, it's, it's stuff that's doable, you know? When someone asks you for a full body, my recommendation is that you give them a full body. Yeah. But wouldn't that seem like a fairly simple recommendation and pretty simple request of a client, right? Mm -hmm. And wouldn't you think that would happen almost every single time, especially yeah. here at Okaven? Wouldn't you think that would happen? Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't happen. Therapists get going and they get caught up in one area and then they realize they don't have time now to do the full body. So guess what they do? They stop the session and say, see you later, Mr. Jones. Have a nice day. Hope you enjoyed it. Here's your water. And the guy is leaving. His legs didn't get done. Happens all the time right here. So my recommendation is that when someone asks for a full body massage, you actually give them a full body massage. Let me tell you something. People will forgive you if you spend a minute on each leg and then yes. send them out the door. Cool. They will not forgive you if you don't do their legs and they ask for full body. So that's one thing. You can speed up the process at the end to do it. The other thing you can do is you can say, okay, now you've got this issue here in your hips or your shoulder or your arms that's taken more than we thought. I want to make sure and give you your full body. Uh, I've got a couple options. I could just I could go through it a little faster than normal, or I could skip maybe the front of your legs. What would be your preference? Something like that. Yeah. That's what I call, and I go over this in the CDs. I, that's kind of negotiating your way through that. You kind of negotiate, but you don't unilaterally make a decision that I'm going to skip these areas because they want me to do more time over there. And you just figure that they understand that and everybody's everybody's cool with it. No, they ask for full body. You're a professional deliverer. That'd be like if you go in to get a, headache, a haircut and the guy cut only half of your hair because he was in a hurry, you know? No, I asked for a full haircut. Give me my full haircut. Okay, again, these are disjointed things, but um, lighting, I talk about this on the CDs, lighting. My recommendation is to work at the lowest possible light level that you can, yeah. okay? And then I'll have people say, but if I turn it down too low, I can't, I can't see. Well, then turn it up. Okay, I asked, I said, at the lowest level that you can do your work properly. Mm -hmm. I have people giving me full-on sessions, lights full-on, full-on, full-blown full blown lights. Um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but you should, we have breast pillows. You should use breast pillows when you have women that need it. Now, there are different opinions about this as well. I'll just tell you, the topic here is sitting during a session. I usually sit for head and feet. But I don't recommend that you sit for anything other than that. I think it messes up the dynamics. I'm talking deep tissue here. It's really difficult to do good deep tissue work when you're sitting on a stool. Um, so for what it's worth. For deep tissue, arms, some of you were taught to do arms this way, face down. This is hard on your body. I don't recommend that. I recommend that you do the arms up on the table and you do some form of this. Uh, we have people that do teach that, even here teach that. I'm not going to argue with them. I'm just going to give you my recommendation. I think it's good somewhere along the line. This is going to be an individual thing. The topic here is sanitizing your hands after you've done feet. Um, it can be it's a couple things here. You should do it, number one. If our clients don't know we're doing it, then we don't get the benefit of doing it in terms of our sanitary for the practice with the client. So I think somewhere along the line, it's nice to let them know that you've done that. And it could be at the beginning or somewhere along the line. I just, I don't know. There's different ways to handle it. For example, I, th I think that 
Um, I, I, I think the way that I would be doing it, there's different, again, different ways. I think once I finish the feed, and I, just, uh, I, I would just say, and I'm sanitizing my hands, I just finished your feed, I'm sanitizing my hands, uh, um, and then we'll, we'll do the rest of your body, or something like that. Just let them know that you've done that. Working on, the, on, on this area with males with hair, it's very common that therapists do not put enough lotion on oh, yeah. this area. My recommendation for you is to use plenty of lotion when males have hair on the pecs, okay? Don't go light on the lotion. Be careful with that. And you can and then even ask them 